it only takes like um, the whole church for me to actually get the clue. All right, John chapter 14. I'm going to read a few passages here. One, John 14, John 15, and John 16. I'm not going to read the whole um, um, the whole chapters, you know, because we'll be here for a long time. Uh, John 14, 15, and 16, where we're going to get some passages from today, is a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples uh, before the crucifixion. So he knew uh, that this, the time was coming to an end. And this is a conversation that many scholars or theologians believe took place uh, uh, during um, 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 the Last Supper. And so Jesus in John 14 goes in and says this. He says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, that do, he will do also. And greater works than this, he will do. Because I go to my Father. Verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, let's repeat that verse together, I guess. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Go to verse 15. Just the next verse. Uh, 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 chapter 15, I, uh, and I'm going to read verse 16 there. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. <laughs> Next chapter, chapter 16, verse 23. And in the day... In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word. Let it speak to us, O God. Let us not be the same after the hearing of your word. We ask that it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish in our lives the purpose for which he sent it. We thank you. We praise you. We welcome your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. The passages I read are in my Bible. They're in yours as well. It seems very clear for me what God is saying. Is it clear enough? Isn't it incredible that... Jesus is daring us to ask for anything and that God will answer when we call on him. And he does it repeatedly. He doesn't uh, clarify that, well, you know, there are some things that are excluded here. But it's so clear, and these are not the only passages in the Bible that actually give us the same message. My question is, why don't we do it? So, the title of the message today is Pray. Yeah, for those that know me, I'm a simple man. So very, it's pray. And you hear about prayer, we all believe in prayer. We believe we should pray. We believe it's important to pray. We believe that prayer is everything. In fact, Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. 
There are many labels he could have labeled his house or his church, but he called his house a house of prayer. But for some reason or another, we don't pray as we ought to. We don't pray as we believe we should. If you have conversation with many believers, including here, myself, and uh, it's like, do you, uh, how satisfied are you with your prayer life? Are you praying enough? Like, oh, well, I could, I could pray some more. Or I don't pray enough. Or I don't have time to pray. Or I try to, but uh, I run out of time to pray. But if these promises are so clear to us, why is it that we don't pray? I, we believe in prayer in this church. We believe in prayer. Uh, this week we're going to be starting our, our year with a, a time of, of prayer and fasting, which has been a tradition for this church where we started the year with a time of prayer and fasting. The last couple of years or so, we have been doing, instead of just doing at the year, and we'll have some, some of the most amazing times we will have in the congregations during these times of prayer and fasting. You know, and so, and sometimes a fire is there and it's exciting at the beginning of the year, but it dies off just like gym membership, gym, not membership, the membership continues, but the members don't show up. We're enthusiastic, we're going to start it off, we're going to put God first, we're going to do it, this is the year we're going to plug in. But you know what we've been doing is that instead of starting every year, every fast of the year, we do it every fast of every quarter. And you know, we keep prayer consistent. Jesus said, pray without ceasing. Not just at the beginning. We pray at the beginning, pray at the end of the year. You should have the same valor, the same uh, excitement about prayer and being in the Lord. Um, uh, at the beginning, the same excitement. You should maintain that. Or maybe it should be greater at the end of the day. And I do believe if we pray consistently, you'll be strong at the end of the year than you are at the beginning. You know, sometimes we view prayer as an as a, as a energy drainer. But in actuality, it is an energy giver. It doesn't drain you. Even when you feel drained, when you engage in the presence of God, you come out better. I've never met anybody that met the Lord and encountered His presence and came out worse off than they were before. Even in your worst days, if you spend time in His presence, you come out better than you were before. And so I asked, why, why, why don't we pray? And I think, I, I, before, I, I only have a couple points, but before, I want to just look at a couple reasons why we don't. Why I think we don't, I guess. One, I think, is just complacency. Uh, we didn't plan not to pray. We, we, we didn't start the year and say, oh boy, 2016, the year that I will pray less than any other year before. You know, this month, I'm not going to do any. I think it's, we just get on to the regular life and everyday things. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I need to pray some more. I need to spend more time with God and all that, you know. And sometimes we, we, we just get complacent. We get used to it. Things are comfortable. Things are good. And so uh, there's nothing to worry about. And, uh, you know, sometimes so we have, uh, because sometimes we view prayer as, as a means to an end. So when we have something severe or something that is difficult in our lives and we feel like we should pray, but yet the law says we should be, because it's not relational. We don't look at it as relational. We look at it as something we go to because we have a need. Now asking for needs is part of prayer, but it's not all that there is to prayer. And so because we've reduced it to just that aspect or element of prayer, which is supplication, going before the Lord and asking for particular needs, then when we don't feel like we have a need, then we don't pray. 
That's just a, par- a portion of it. And maybe I'm feeling a stirring or maybe doing a series on prayer and a little teaching on every element of it. But we're not going to do that today. Say thank you, Pastor Solo, because it'll, it'll be a long time. Let me not take some. <laughs> but I think um, I remember um, um, after 9-11, you know, people just got really... Churches were full. People were praying. We were standing in the gap for America. We were praying. You know, we react to things. And then when things are going well, we sort of forget. Um, I saw, um, uh, um, I read this um, after the, the Paris uh, attack here. There's an NFL player, Benjamin Watson. I loved what he said about prayer. Um, uh, he wrote, because it was, the social media was full of prayer for Paris and everybody was standing in solidarity with the people and, that, and that's all good. But he made a comment and, 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 and I read it here. He says, as a nation, we have collectively prayed for, for Paris this week. Yet as a nation, we suspended a football coach for praying after the game. And he says, we must choose. He goes on to say that Watson, Watson was referring to the George Kennedy, who was a high school football just a couple months ago, that he prayed with his team and he lost his job. And he says, natural disaster, terrorist attacks, and terminal illness apparently all warrant unified public prayer. But somehow pointing out to God after a touchdown or praying with a team warrants a swift kick of someone's uh, game or out of a job. If we truly believe that God is mighty enough to save in the tragedy of Paris, how much more should we be, should he be the object of our praise when every good thing happens in our lives and our source for prayer when we have need? So we must have a choice. If we do believe in prayer, we got to be consistent with prayer. Not just when it's convenient for us. And so Jesus encourages us to kind of get this fire going all the time. And you know that part of the reasons why we have the body of Christ. Because there are times you're going to be needing somebody else to hold you up. I'm reminded of the story of Moses during the battle where he did not have the physical strength to lift his hands, but he had two people standing on his hand because they were winning every time he had his hands raised. And we need one another. The Bible emphasizes a lot on the prayer of unity. And that's why we come together to pray this week. Because we know that when we call on the name of the Lord, things happen in our lives. A a change of life can, your life can take a change of action in a moment's time in the presence of the Lord. You can be heading south very quickly, but God's encounter can change every situation in a moment's notice. The other reason is unbelief. And this is hard to swallow if you're a believer because, hey, I believe God. But we do very little. Um, uh, if, uh, if praying, if you believe that, truly believe that praying for your, spending time in prayer for your business will make a difference for your business, you'll be praying more for your business. I've been guilty of that. If you believe that uh, praying for your children will make a difference, you'll be praying more for your children. If you believe praying for your marriage will make a you'll be praying more for your marriage. You see, sometimes the deceptiveness of Satan, he gets us into a place where we think that praying less or spending 10 minutes on the internet is going to accomplish more than spending 10 minutes with God. You know, as a leadership team, when we meet, um, before we do anything on the agenda, we start with prayer. We don't even talk about our agenda. And because oftentimes God will solve the problems that we have or things that we need to do or give us a direction even before the meeting. And I found sometimes, even as a leader, when we begin and maybe not pray as much and then we go to our topics, sometimes our topics will take a long time because we go around the mountains. And God's like, you know, if you, you if you'd have just asked, 
I remember one time as a young man, I've told this story before, but maybe it's, you're new, but uh, you don't remember, but it always, it inspired me when it happened. Um, uh, I was um, living in Kenya, uh, madly in love with my, my wife-to-be. In fact, we weren't even engaged. And I was planning on a trip to come to Lincoln with a mission, proposal. And uh, so that uh, one week I'm coming, um, um, we had a meeting at our church, and we had a big... Um, 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 a big time uh, minister that came and did a huge conference, well known. And, uh, and so I was helping, um, with ushering and different things. I forget what I was doing. I'm always, always helping. But in the morning, the next morning, I was going for an appointment to the U.S. Embassy to go get a visa. And so it was very important. So I came from work, went to help a church, and, uh, and I had my, 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 Briefcase, whatever you call it. <laughs> and I had all my documents in there. All my important stuff was in there. Then I got pulled over to do something, you know, always busy doing something around. I sat it on the front seat. And the doors were locked because um, this, uh, uh, it, it was Joyce Meyer coming to speak. So everybody wanted to hear Joyce Meyer speak. So we had people from all, every, every church coming to hear her speak. And so, so they closed the doors until a certain time. And so inside it was only leaders that were in the, in the building. And I come back and I can't find my briefcase anywhere. And I'm looking around, I'm asking, has anyone seen it? <laughs> and, I, and I'm freaking out because it had my passport, it had my documents from the appointment. It's just every, anything important to me was in there. And so now, um, I got, I go to the head usher of our church at the time, same was Ben. <laughs> oh boy, he had, uh, he was not a happy soul because I went, Ben, how can you not know, Ben? You're the head usher here. If anybody should know, it's you. He goes, I don't know it. And I'm, I'm giving Ben a hard time. And I'm walking. I'm getting all really uh, upset. And God just, with that still small voice, says, have you asked me? Did you, did you mind to ask me? And, you know, and that just sense of the Holy Spirit that brought conviction in my heart. I repented right there. Because I realized I asked everybody. I got frustrated with people not giving me the solution. And I never took the time to ask the one that could help me. And I just had tears in my eyes because the Lord was teaching me something. All this freaking out. And I... It was probably 30 seconds later. He says, well, the pastor came and says, you know, with all the people that are going to flock in when we open the doors, make sure that we secure everybody's stuff that's in the leadership team and directed somebody to put them all in his office. So that... Well, how many times do we freak out about stuff? And we don't even once ask. We read today, it says, ask anything. I mean, ask anything. So it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of believing that God is looking out for you. It's a matter of saying that, hey, when I ask, he hears. And that God does answer prayer, even for the everyday stuff. Not the big, dramatic things that are life-altering, but just your everyday life. God wants to talk to you. God wants to answer prayer. And the third one reason I think we don't is when we have discourage, when we are dis, is this discouragement. When you pray and pray and pray and pray and nothing happens. Have you ever done that before? And then the enemy kind of convolutes your, your faith and you kind of get, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, 
discouraged, and maybe you just throw in the towel. You won't say it necessarily like, hey, I'm not believing God. You might say, hey, yeah, pray for me, but, but you quit praying. You quit praying with, with faith. We quit believing that when you pray, that God is hearing and that God is indeed uh, faithful to keep his word. God's timing is perfect. You see, he works on a different timeline. We work on a chronos timeline that is absolutely tailored to the planet that we live in. Our days and night are measured by how much sun we see and how little sun we see these days. But God is not confined to a planet's time. His timing is perfect. And he knows even when he says wait, he knows that when we wait on him, have you ever thought how many scriptures talk about waiting on the Lord? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, for they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run, not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. David says that I will wait indeed on the Lord. Oh, I will wait on the Lord indeed. And I would have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the time, in the, in the land of the living. I will wait indeed on the Lord. We want the instant, instant, instant. And there is always a reason. If you're in prayer in faith and praying the will of God, the timing is His. And I'm sure if I could talk to different ones of you, you'd had different experiences where you wanted something so bad and you asked and you asked and you asked. It never came at the time that you did. But when it did show up, eventually you're like, wow, I'm sure glad God answered this five years later. Some are praying right now for that $1.3 billion. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> if you do, you need to really tithe. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but a lot of stories that show people that win lotteries, it's a disaster after. And the thing that they thought would be a blessing to them ends up destroying their lives, destroying their relationships. I'm not, a, I'm not even going to make a big statement about it. I'm just joking about it. But it's a dramatic view. There are times that we ask for something and God knows exactly when we are ready for it. And so... When we get discouraged, we quit praying. The Bible says that we should not get discouraged. We should not get tired of doing what is good. Because if we, we shall reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we faint not, it says, we will reap eventually. So why should we pray? I think we should pray, first of all, because of the sovereignty of God. Now, <clears throat> Sometimes the enemy can even use that. You know, when we say God is sovereign, we say God is the supreme ruler of the, of the universe. The supreme ruler of everything. So God will do what God wants to do. God will, his will will always prevail over everything. And so sometimes the enemy can use even that against us. They think, well, if God uh, wants to do it, you know, God's going to do it anyway, so why pray? I don't even bother praying because God's going to do what he wants to do. His will, you know. 
But if you really take a close look at the word, what, 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 is, what is his will? What is the will? The will is, it simply means desire. When you write down your last will and testament, you say, this is what my desires are. For the 75 bucks that I'm going to have left, I would like to give 50 bucks to my cat. And, but really, you're expressing <laughs> your desire. And so the Lord says, when, he, when we talk about the Lord's will, we're talking about, God is talking about what his desire is. See, Second Peter says this, 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness. But he is long-suffering towards us. Not willing, not willing, he does not desire, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we know what his desire, we know what his will is in this situation. And he says that he's not stuck concerning his promises. In fact, another verse says that all promises, all of God's promises are yes and amen by those who believe. And see, God has a will, but he created us in his own image. And so we have a will. And so sometimes... The will of God is perfectly clear. But we have to will, to use our will, to want His will. Am I more confusing or is it getting more clear? So God will not invoke or violate our will, if you would, because God is God and He stands by His word. If He created us in His own image and He gave us a will, He's going to allow us to exercise our will. And so prayer allows us to exercise our will to align with the will of God. And when that happens, things begin to, to work. That kind of, uh, that kind of confirms the scripture that says, if you ask anything in my will, it shall be done. Because what I'm doing is that when I pray, I'm petitioning the Lord and I'm making my will or align with His will. And that way I can pray with confidence when I understand the Lord's will. I say, boy, if you don't know a prayer to pray for, this right here is an inspiration to pray for people to be saved. Because I know God already wants everybody to be saved. So I can pray with confidence, like the New Testament tells us, that we should approach the throne of grace with confidence. That confidence comes in understanding the Lord's will. But then I have to exercise my will, and that's prayer. To meet God's desire and God's will in my life, in my kid's life, in my country, in my nation, in my generation. I want to see God's will. That's why in the Lord's Prayer we are taught to pray, Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. Amen. So because God is sovereign, because God's will will always prevail, and he's given us a will, the only way to do that is that we exercise our will in prayer. I'm hoping to, to shock you today in a good kind of way to, to, to help you get turned on for prayer. Oftentimes in churches, the least attended meetings are the prayer meetings. 
We have a prayer meeting, by the way, every Sunday before the service. Just so you know. There's a big uh, sign over there. And, and, and we don't have a lot of agenda there. And I'll tell you why. It's because we just want to seek the Lord. We just want Him to do His will. And you go in, in your corner and pray. Because we believe that God answers prayer. And we want God's will in our lives. And there are things in your life this year that you got to pray for. There are good things that will not happen to you unless you pray for it. If you don't pray, nothing will happen. The story that is always is amazing to me, the story of the Israelites, that when they came out of uh, Egypt, the Lord had an um, um, amazing promise for them. In fact, the very reason he got them out of Egypt was to take them to the promised land. He had no other agenda. He wanted them to be free. He wanted them to feel finally get out of slavery and to live a free life and to bless a nation, give him a nation that has never been seen on the face of the earth. God had a, 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 a covenant with them. He wanted good for their lives. And none of the people that left Egypt even got to see the promised land. What happened? Did God lie? Absolutely not. See, God will also still has. Praise what links us to him. His will and our will. Did I make my point? Can I move on? Oh, no. So I should do. Okay. Another example. Okay. I'm going to move on. <laughs> the other thing is the immutability of God. And that just, be, well, I know, um, just means that God is unchanging. Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord and I do not change. God never changes. Now, <laughs> and I know this sometimes, the enemy can use this also against us to keep us from praying. Well, God never changes. Why pray? God is God. And you know, you think about it, God, 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 God cannot change because if God could change, that it means he could get better. That can't be. So he's, he's unchanging. He's always the same. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Alpha and the Omega, forever the same. His kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. God can never change. He doesn't change in his character. He doesn't change in who he is. But according to the Bible, God does change his mind. See, Abraham knew this. He prayed and God changed his mind. Moses saw this. He prayed, uh, and God changed his mind. Exodus 32 says, So the Lord relented from the harm which he had said that he would do to his people. So God had been so fed up with the sinfulness of the, of the children of Israel, their unbelief, their spirit uh, uh, of complaining in the wilderness. And he was like, I am done with these people. I'm going to destroy them. And Moses gets on his knees. And Moses prays, and, and Moses stands in the gap, and Moses intercedes for the whole nation. And God changes his mind, and he, it says here that he backed off. He says, okay, Moses, I hear you. I think there are times that we even have laws that are passed because believers did not pray. There are times we have people in the wrong positions because people did not pray. When, 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 when it's not so close to us, when it's not impacting us personally, sometimes we don't have that sense of urgency to pray and to make intercession. The whole book of Jonah was about this. Remember the book of Jonah? You can read it today. 
It's only four chapters. It's a really quick one. But it's all about uh, the people of uh, the Nineveh. God had said that Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days. Nineveh, and that's all the whole thing. God was sending Jonah to go and preach to these people and preach a hard message about how awful their lives are. And he says, I will destroy this city. Just go tell him I'm going to destroy this city in 40 days. It's my question. Was Nineveh destroyed? It was never destroyed. What happened? God changed his mind. Why? People prayed. So when Jonah ended up, uh, you all know the Jonah and the belly of the fish, Sunday school, you can never miss that one. It's one of the, the zoo and Jonah. Those are two just are fascinating ones. But anyway, you remember two things from Sunday school. But anyway, um, um, they hear the message and they respond in a different way than maybe many would have thought. These were notorious people. And when they hear the word of the Lord, they say they started repenting and crying before the Lord. They fasted and, and prayed and asked for God's mercy and the Lord spared them. And he made Jonah mad. He was so upset. <laughs> I might as well die, Lord. This is crazy. You forgive those people. <laughs> and there are people in your life that you say, like, God, get them, God. And then you see God blessing their lives. You're like, oh my goodness sakes, God. Because God is always consistent. See, the very reasons that we don't pray or Satan lies to our eyes to see that we don't pray is that are the very same reasons why we should pray. One, for God is sovereign. He's able to do what he says he will do. When God says I will do it, he will do it. He's got the power and the resources to do it. I give you a word, but maybe I can't keep my word. I might have good intentions, but God can do what he says he would do. God is unchanging. His love is everlasting. His mercies are new every morning. In Lamentations, he says that, uh, that he, 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 he is an, uh, his compassion, they fail not. He is faithful all the time. Even when we are unfaithful, he is still faithful. So when I find myself in a place of unfaithfulness, I can trust in his faithfulness because God is unchanging. He's always loving. He's always kind. He is good all And so when I go to him, I know I can go to him and he is good. Psalm, one, Psalm 51 is a prayer. I mentioned this last week. It's a prayer that David prayed after he messed up his life completely. And it's just his life is on the future. And God is one. He knows that he's going to live with the consequences of his actions. But he cries out to the Lord. He says, God, do not take your spirit from me. Do not take, cast me off, not, cast me not from your presence. Oh God, I want to be in your place because I know I'd rather be Take the punishment of God, but be put in man's hand. Because humans, we can be brutal. If you don't realize that, just open your book and just go to any news media, and you will realize right now, local, international, nationwide, you will see that the human heart, we are capable of doing a lot of damage. There's crazy people all over the world that want to destroy and bring harm to people. And I'd rather be on the masses of God than in the hands of man. And it's that thing he knew that God, I know, at least you, Lord, are full of mercy. You, Lord, are full of grace. 
You, Lord, are full of love. Your compassion, it fails not. Great is your faithfulness. He wants us to to pray. Because when we exercise our will and align our will with his will, things begin to happen. And my third point today, I'm just going to touch a little bit on the role that fasting plays in prayer. Because you see all throughout the Bible, people would pray and fast. In fact, the story of Jonah leads me to that point. Because the people of Nineveh, as notorious as they were, as ripe for, uh, for, for destruction as they were, God spared them and God had mercy on them. And they engaged God in, a, in, a, in a humility. He, they engaged God in, 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 in prayer and in fasting. There's a verse that we quote all the time when we want to encourage believers to pray for the nation. If I just started, I know you could all finish it with me. If my people who are called, by, help me if you know it, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them their sins, I will heal their land. God's not calling America to pray. He's calling his people in America to pray. But the first phrase is, he says, if my people will humble themselves and pray. When we make true intercession or praying on behalf, it's not God help them for they are messing up this country. It's that God help us. You own it. It's not them. Even if they don't align with you politically, even if you have different opinions. No, it's not them. It's us. Have mercy on us, O God. We have sinned against you as a nation. We are going away from you. We are rejecting you in our schools. We are rejecting you in the community. We are embarrassed by you to be associated with you. Have mercy on us. So the first step is the humility of heart. The disposition in your heart of humility. Never, never, never pray God's judgment on anyone. That's not good. It's not cool at all. Because if there's judgment, God's judgment on our country, none of us will be good. We'll be utterly destroyed. We cannot handle God's judgment. What we need, we need God's mercy. We need God's mercy. We need God's help. We need Him to intervene. And so prayer, fasting, what it does, I, and, and, and I know we could go a whole lot. I just want to think a couple of things. Number one, it, 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 it's hard. Because you are submitting <laughs> your will and giving up your will for God's will. And there's different kinds of fasting. It, in, it involves sacrifice. When you fast food or certain types of food or media, or whatever it is, or a number of, there is an element of sacrifice. And God is an unchanging God. Fasting does not manipulate God. But what it does, it changes us. So we are more in tune with His will. And we're actually saying, God, I'm submitting my will, my desire, what I want, and I'm coming under your Lordship. I'm coming under your will, and I want you to do what you want to do in me. Trusting that the plans you have for me, they are good. He said, I know the plans I have concerning you. The plans to prosper you 
not to harm you, to give you a future and to give you hope. And so what we do is like we are, we are cutting off the distractions. We are fighting against our own will and submitting ourselves to the will. Why is that important? It's because we do have an enemy of our soul who wants to sabotage the things that you're praying for. And this gives you that hump to go in and be able to conquer. Jesus said once that there are sometimes he, he, some disciples, his disciples tried to cast a demon, demonic spirits on, on some people. And God, Jesus, they realized Jesus had already given them authority to do a lot, a lot of things. They had done miracles already and they were very, uh, they had a lot of confidence because they'd seen what they can do in Jesus' name. But for this time, it wasn't happening for them. And Jesus says, you know, they asked, they were curious. Why, why, why is it that we were never able to break through? And just there are some spirits that will not go away unless through prayer and fasting. Jesus fasted all the time. He prayed all the time and he fasted because he realized that there are sometimes you have to get to another level of intercession and fasting plays that role because it gets us spiritually tuned um, uh, to, 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 to communicate with God in a level that we don't usually with all the different distractions that we have in our lives. One passage that's really amazing to me in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Let me read this in closing. Um, To give you a background, because I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to read just a passage to see how important this was. This was a time where Daniel was in a seating, and he was praying. And he, he got into a time of prayer and fasting, and he fasted for 21 days. And in verse 10, it's about an angel who came to Daniel during this time. At the end of his fast, the angel comes to Daniel, and he gives him a vision. He gives him a vision about the end time. But I want to read just a passage that I, that I thought is re- uh, extremely fascinating to me. But I think we can learn a lot from it. It says that suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man of great, uh, man, greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now, I have now been sent to you, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking these words to me, I stood trembling. You would think. You're praying and some, <laughs> you, all, all you knew you were alone and someone taps you, hey, dude, he's good. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. So I'm still trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days uh, yet to come. Let me explain what, what was happening here in, in today's language. Daniel is praying 21 days. He's in a fast. Nothing is happening. He's thinking his prayers maybe are not answered. And here's there's an angel that says, God answered your prayer the very first day you started praying. 
But when I came to you, there was a demonic spirit that is in charge of that territory that kept me from penetrating and bringing the answer to your prayer. And this angel had to send reinforcement from heaven and God, a stronger angel, to come and set him free. And then he got his prayer. And I thought, wow, Satan will sabotage your prayers. And that's a passing sometimes he breaks that. And when he's ending, he had purposed already before this, before he ever knew that he'll have such an encounter with God. He had already purposed to pray and, and fast for 21 days. He cut off in his diet any, uh, uh, any uh, pleasure foods and everything. He just ate vegetables and stuff for those 21 days. But something in the spiritual realm was keeping Daniel's prayer. Where God answered already day one. He answered. But he didn't see the fullness of his promise and his request. There are things in your life that you have to contend for. When Satan's trying to mess up with your family, trying to mess up with your kids, trying to mess up with your finances, there are times that you have to stand up in prayer and say, and call on what is yours. You have to be bold sometimes and, and declare uh, the blessings of God over your lives and declare the promises of God over your life. The Bible says that from the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, but the violence shall take it by force. There are times you have to say, Satan, enough is enough. I am a child of God, and I will not accept this in my life. I have greater things in store for me. I'm not done yet. I'm going to continue to press in and press in until your breakthrough comes. There are times that you have to do that, and nobody can do it for you. You have to get it within you to say enough is enough and begin to press in to see the breakthrough in your life. And this could be the year for you where you think that you've called God for for many years. You can stand in prayer and begin to declare the words of the Lord, declare the promises of God over your household. He says, I will make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You shall be a lender and not a borrower says the Lord you can begin to declare the words of God and begin to press in knowing that you have an enemy that's trying to sabotage you to discourage you you keep pressing on because in the end like Daniel 21 days he was and God answered his prayers we're starting prayer and fasting this week I think the whole church should be here I think the whole church will be here and we're going to see God bring some breakthrough in our lives, in our family. If you have someone in your family that's not saved, that's reason enough to pray because I want every one of my family, I want to see them in the kingdom of God when I go there. And I'm going to contend for it. I think we need time to worship. Maybe we'll go have part two from this. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you are magnificent, you're wonderful, you're glorious, you're beautiful, you're amazing. Oh God, nothing uh, in this world compares with you, Lord. Nothing we ever desire, nothing we ever long for, nothing we ever seek can come even in the littlest of bit compares with you. We want your glory, we want your presence, we want your spirit in our lives. Less of us and more of you, God. We pray, Lord Jesus, as we continue into this yet young year, Lord, that you will strengthen us and help us to be closer to you than we ever have. 
Put in us a spirit of prayer. You declared over your church that my house will be called a house of prayer. I pray that Lincoln City Church help us to be a community of believers who pray. We pray for one another. We pray with one another. We pray, Lord, at home. We pray in our cars. We pray in the community. We pray in our schools. We pray in our jobs. We pray, oh God, until we see your kingdom come in our lives, in our city, in our nation, in our generation, as it is in heaven. Put in us that fire that cannot be quenched. Put in us a fire of the Spirit of God. That's unfazed, O oh God, by the trials of life. But we press in, Lord, knowing that if God is for us, that who can be against us? Now, Lord, I ask by the Spirit of God that you will fill us today. As we worship you in this place, let your Holy Spirit come. Come, Lord, and fill our hearts with you. Thank you, Lord. In that, as we're just still praying right now, I do want to pray another prayer. I'm going to ask everybody, continue just uh, keeping your heads about before the Lord and eyes closed. The very first time in that kind of prayer engagement is really opening your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. If you have not let me, Jesus, your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you special. You don't have to live today without having that assurance that Jesus is the personal Savior of your life. He wants, to, he wants to save your life. He wants to heal you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you a brand new start. And before I pray, I want you to just indicate by your hand to me. I'll have my eyes open. I must see. You say, Pastor, I, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. That's you. Raise your hand. Let me see it, and I'm going to pray for you right now before we move on to the next thing. Anybody. You've never asked Jesus into your life, but he's speaking to you. You feel like, you know what? I want to start this year closer to God. I want him in my life. And maybe you, you've known him before. But right now, you, the way you're living your life, you're not walking with him in a personal way. You're not. Right now, he wants to start. I'll give you a new beginning. Give me your hand. I'm going to move on. I'm going to give you a time to pray. Say, Pastor, I want that. Show me your hand and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, reign in this place. Amen. And I trust we all know the Lord then. So I'm going to invite us to stand and worship with the worship team. And what we're doing here is not just singing song. I'm not just going to invite you. These songs are part of prayer. It's a worshipful prayer. Amen. And let's ask the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. He alone is worthy. As they lead us in the songs, I want to say a couple of things. These altars are open. If you need someone to pray with you, we have folks here to pray with you. If you want to just spend some extra time with God, the altars are open. It's not about, hey, your life is in trouble. You just want God. These altars are going to be open over the next few songs as we worship the Lord as a, together in unity. Um, um, you enter in, and we'll, 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 we'll come, I'll come back to close the service. But I believe God is here and is working during this time of worship. You